you on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in hour three of the program. Former Vancouver Canuck, Brendan Morris is going to join us in just a minute here to kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at kintech.net. So it's the Can Pro-Am in support of the Canucks Autism Network. Wreck and corporate teams fundraise. They get to draft NHL alumni mm. like Brendan Morrison to play on their team for the weekend. And the more you fundraise, the higher draft pick you get. So if you raise the most money out of all the teams, you get the first overall pick. Got it. And then this kicks off with a luncheon and a hot stove panel at the Park Hotel, followed by draft night at Goodco. I think it's, it's, it's a boozy night. I, I can imagine. Yeah. That would be so much fun. Yeah, and then the next day you're like, oh, we got to play hockey. Two days Damn worth it. of games. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now to talk about all that and more, former Vancouver Canuck Brendan Morrison here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Brendan. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. Thanks for taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. So uh, the Can Pro-Am for the Canucks Autism Network, uh, as I understand it, it can get competitive at times. I think anything Cliff Ronning's involved with in an alumni capacity. Is, is, is he involved? He gets, he gets yeah. pretty intense. Who, t- who tries the hardest, Brendan? <laughs> who tries the hardest, and how hard do you try? Well, I, I think Cliffy's right up there for sure. He's, uh, he's uh, always working hard out there, but I know uh, – Greg Adams is flying around out there. I don't know if he's, he's going to be there this year, but in the past, he's he's driving the net. He's cutting in off the wing, running goalies. <laughs> so he you got to be aware when he's on the ice. But uh, it's a great time. I mean, it's a fantastic event. Um, you know, a lot of money is raised for a great cause, and, and overall, it's just a fun, fun weekend. I was going to say, how much do you enjoy participating in this one in particular? Because not only are you guys supporting a fantastic cause, but as you kind of alluded to there, you get to see all the fellas again. Yeah, it's always nice catching up with with guys you haven't seen for you know a couple of years, and and uh, you know, but it's like when you see them, a day hasn't gone by from you know you pick up from where you left off, ribbing each other, giving it to each other, uh, you know, catching up on everybody's lives, what they're doing, how their families are. It, that, that's a huge part of it, and and for me personally, this event, I've been very very fortunate. I've actually played on the same team every single year hmm. uh team team bob shanks the legendary bob crook shanks our coach um one of the single largest fundraisers for the event and he's a demanding coach you know he, he <laughs> he's got a he's he's got uh inquiries two months ago how the summer's going if we're training have we been on the ice are we going to be ready to go so there's a lot of pressure playing for uh for coach bob there who's the funniest guy that's going to be participating in this tournament <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I, I think the, the, the kind of older generation of guys, they seem to be the, the, the popular guys in the dressing room with great stories. Um, you know, you, like, you know, Babs is, is always mm-hmm. great in the room. You know, Kirk McLean. Um, there's so many guys. The list goes on and on. Yerky, Dana. I mean, I, Colin Patterson, I know him from Calgary, is, is hilarious. Um, yeah, it, it, it's you know, that's what guys like to hear. It, when you're in the locker room, they like to hear kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff that, you know, maybe isn't public right. uh, during the season. What goes on in the locker room? What goes on on the road? Uh, you know, do you have any good stories about this guy? What about that guy? You know, who's the worst guy you played against? Who's the best player? So it, it, it's good kind of reliving those memories. 
Who's still in the best shape? I've seen Yurke Lume around a couple times, and he looks like he can still play. Yeah, he's in pretty good shape for sure. Uh, Mason Raymond, he keeps himself in good shape. He's flying around. Uh, you know, I think David Booth, I saw him there. He's in pretty good shape. You know, it, it's funny, right? Like, it, it goes, there's really no happy medium with, with guys that retire. Either you kind of, you, you stick with it. Right. Or you even lose a little bit of weight. Like, a lot of guys I yeah. know have lost weight. But then there's a lot of guys I know will put on 20 or 30, you know? So not many guys are really at their their playing weight. It's either you're kind of below it or you're way over it. We are speaking to former Vancouver Canuck Brendan Morrison here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. A reminder, the Can Pro-Am in support of the Canucks Autism Network gets underway Friday, November 3rd. Uh, visit them online at canproam.ca for more. Hey, Brendan, we were talking about, and you, you alluded to being on the road and being out with the guys. Over your nine, or sorry, eight seasons in Vancouver, you guys obviously did a ton of traveling. Being on the West Coast is kind of a disadvantage when you have to go the lengths that you do and the amount of flights and the overnights and the hotels. We were talking about it as it relates to maybe that's the reason the Canucks laid an egg in Philadelphia last night. From your eight year, I mean, almost a decade in Vancouver, so a lot of like travel miles logged. What do you remember about being really difficult going from the West Coast and doing all that travel on a regular basis? Well, I, I think you have a valid point. Like, you know, um, you know, I think Vancouver's in the top three, at least when I played, there was in the top three and sometimes the top team of miles traveled every year, like pushing 80,000, 90,000 miles. I always found it going from the West Coast to the East Coast more difficult than going from the East Coast to the West Coast. And it's funny. I, I turned that game on last night to watch a little bit of it before I went to my daughter's practice. And it was actually an, even an earlier start, right? And, and, and was it because of the baseball game? In uh, Philly? Yeah. I they mean, also had, a, they also had a soccer friendly going on. At yeah. The so was, they started yeah. at, you know, six Eastern, which is, you know, obviously three o'clock Pacific time, which is a very abnormal start time. I mean, most guys uh, are, are right in the middle of their pregame nap uh, at that time. So I, I do think, I mean, not to try, make an excuse, um, I mean, obviously the guys see the schedule, they know what's coming and, and they can prepare as much as possible for that. But I do think that played a factor in the outcome of the game. Were there games where you went out there and you're just like, I have no legs and I can't explain why? It, it happens at times, um, you know, <laughs> Not a lot, to be honest with you, but there definitely are times if you're playing, you know, back to backs and you know, you're traveling from, I remember sometimes we travel from Minnesota, go to Dallas and you're getting in at 2, 2.30 in the morning, landing by the time you get to your hotel at 3, 3.30, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough turnaround, but, um, you know, guys are so well coached these days, the, the videotape they have, the footage, the breakdown of the game, um, there's ways to try and, you know, work smarter instead of working harder. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, simplify your game, you know, do all the little things that add up to, to big things. Um, when you don't, you don't feel like you have, uh, have your legs under you that night. What do you think of this current Canucks team? Do you, do you follow it closely? How, how closely do you follow this Canucks team? Yeah. You know, I, I still follow the game pretty closely. Um, you know, I, I try to watch Vancouver as much as possible. Uh, I, I do think they have a very entertaining team. Uh, you know, I, I love their power play. They got some high end offensive guys. I think, like a lot of people, you know, my kind of question heading into the season is how good defensively will they be, right? They, they do have, uh, I think, one of the top goaltenders in the league. 
when he's on his game. And he gives him, when he's playing that way, he gives him a chance to win every night. So when you have good goaltending, you have a chance to win every night. I don't think scoring goals is going to be that much of an issue. It's just defensively as a team, you know, can they limit the number of goals against? Their special teams on the PK needs to be better. I mean, that's well documented. I think they were 32nd in the league last year. If you're 32nd in the league killing penalties, it's an issue. So, you know, they shore those things up. I, I think they can... Um, I think they can exceed a lot of people's expectations. We are speaking to former Vancouver Canuck Brendan Morrison here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, a lot of guys do a lot of different things in their post-playing career. I love that you've become a YouTube sensation. Uh, can you tell us more <laughs> about what you're doing with Real West Coast? Because, uh, it's well, it's a cool thing that you get to do. Is it? It's, it's like, you know, imagine you get to play professional hockey for a while, which is obviously something of a passion project. And then you get to go and do adventure, conservation, culture, outdoorsy stuff as a project as well. So how much fun has that been for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a lot of fun. I mean, fishing has always been a huge, huge passion of mine. I mean, I do do some other things, like I do some real estate with a group out of North Vancouver called the Strongman Group. But, you know, the fishing is my passion. I love being outdoors. I love being on the water. And, you know, I was able to kind of um, create an opportunity for myself where I could go out and and experience some phenomenal places all around the world fishing. Um, you know, most of our show is filmed in British Columbia, but, you know, we've been up to Alaska. We've been to Hawaii. We've been to Cabo. We've been to Belize. This past spring, we went down to Chile. So to get to travel the world a little bit too and, and, and experience different fisheries around the world has been a big thrill. Um, yeah, and people always ask me, what, what, do you, what do you like about fishing? Again, it's being outdoors. It's kind of getting away from you know, your electronics and, 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 you know, all that consuming, you know, get back to people right now, kind of world we live in, but it's, but it's also, um, I find it calming. I find it a little bit of meditative or medit. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a word, isn't it? Yeah, meditative. <laughs> Medi- yeah. If meditative. it's not, it is now, Brandon. Okay. It if it's not, now. it is now. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I, I describe it as to me, fishing kind of replaces a bit of that adrenaline rush that I experienced in hockey. Every time I, I get a bite or, you know, that the rod goes off, it's like electricity, I describe it. My heart gets racing. I'm like a little kid. I grab that rod, and that's no different than coming out onto the ice in front of 18,000 mm-hmm. people or, you know, having your team win a game or scoring a goal or, you know, making a good defensive play. That's kind of really been my replacement, to be honest with you. Did you do, do you think most of the, most guys need that replacement? Because I've always wondered what it's like to go from – Every night you're going out and playing in front of 20,000 people. I can only imagine what it feels like to score a goal and have 20,000 people stand up and cheer for you, and then all of a sudden that's gone. Yeah, it, 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 it is a trend, definitely a period of transition, right? And, and you can prepare for it as much as, as possible. And, and a lot of guys know the, a lot of guys, you know, and things end prematurely. But some guys, even when you, when you have time to kind of prepare and, and you know the end is inevitable and it's there, there still is an adjustment period. There's, there's no question. I, I, When I talk to guys, uh, you know, that are kind of towards the end or just got out of the game, it's like you need to find a passion, right? I, you know, obviously your family and, and the guys that have families and kids, that kind of takes precedent. You get heavily involved with their activities. Um, you know, there's a transitional period with, with your wife. You, you're on the road so much and she kind of 
you know, is the CEO of the household, right? She, she's <laughs> got a schedule. She runs things. And all of a sudden, you're kind of in the way. And where do I fit in there? And, and so you got to work that out. So there's a bunch of different things that you don't really think about until you get into them. But, um, yeah, I think finding a passion and, and something that you, you love to do kind of helps ease things. Uh, it's a great message, Brandon. And uh, I'll remind everybody right now that the Can Pro-Am in support of the Canucks Autism Network gets underway on Friday, November 3rd. Visit them online at canproam.ca. If you want to buy tickets to the luncheon, it's canproamca forward slash luncheon. If you just want to donate straight to the Canucks Autism Network, you can donate online at canucksautism.ca. Brandon, thanks for doing this. It was great. Good getting caught up with you. Uh, enjoy the tournament and getting drafted. Hopefully you go first overall. Oh, well, that's too much pressure going first overall. But if Bob is listening, Coach Bob Shanks, Bob, I'm putting in the time, buddy. My game, I'm ready to go. So you got to come up with some new uh, stories then if you're going to the same team every time. (laughs) I know. Just make some up. We we heard this one, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Have a good one. That's former Vancouver Canucks forward Brendan Morrison here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. You do get some stories out of these guys in the dressing room. I would imagine. Yeah. Right. Different generation, different time. Well, I think you'd still get stories out of the guys that are playing now. So much gets um, suppressed. You know, you yep. don't you don't hear those sorts of things. Um, and that's that's the great thing about playing in this tournament. You can ask these guys questions. That's what they're there for. Yep. Yeah. Tell me a story. Is Dave, don't, ba- don't is Dave Babbage like strong? Yeah. yeah. Gerald Diddick. Yeah, how strong um, is he? Don't uh, don't ask it like that. Try and be a little bit more subtle. But anyway, okay, I do want to uh, hit a couple of NHL notes for what we learned as we kind of move it along here. Uh, we did not mention in the rundown that <laughs> the Seattle Kraken are off to a nightmare start following that historic second year of existence in which they made the playoffs and won a playoff round against the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado exacted its revenge Last night, a 4-1 win over the Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena, which the other day I did call Climate Change Arena again. Okay. Totally yeah. makes up for the playoff loss. Mm-hmm. It is. It yeah. This regular did. season, yep. early season victory. That, that early victory where they spanked them 4-1. They're like, good. We made good on that. <laughs> anyway, uh, the story for me. So the Kraken are now 0-3-1. They are. They ha- you know how many goals they've scored in those four games? How many? Three. Three. Okay. So I don't know. If regression. Regression to the mean, which is good. Their shooting percentages weren't otherworldly like Kuzmenko's last year, but like McCann shot it at 19%, mm-hmm. which is high. Yeah. Um, their save percentage was real bad. Last they year? Scored. Wasn't their team shooting percentage quite high? Yes. Right. Collectively, yeah. it wasn't like, again, not astronomically high, but they were sixth in the NHL in goals. Mm-hmm. So obviously they probably had a higher shooting percentage than most. Bottom line is... I'm gonna. We're gonna be monitoring. I'm gonna be monitoring this all season, right from the get. Well, because you look at the team and you're like, who's the best player on the team? And you might be like, uh, Matty Beniers in a couple of years, or right now, right now, Jeremy Jeremy McCann, right? Like the 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 the. If you look at the team, there's no. There's no, not even really close to a superstar. Well, that's a referendum um, season for that group, right? It's like, were you a bit of a fluke and an anomaly who overachieved last year? Well, they just haven't had much time to get superstars. No, I know, but that's right. what I'm saying. But they, okay, last year, if you was to exist in a vacuum, you could very much make the case that this was a good, stable group mm-hmm. that didn't have to rely on one particular guy and could beat you every night. Yeah, they had depth. They had depth. The, what we're seeing now is kind of the flip side of that, where it's like, what happens mm-hmm. when the goals dry up? Who is going to be the guy that's going to snap you out of it? Is it going? Are you relying on Jared McCann? Yeah, he's a 40 goal scorer last year. But I'm just, I want to monitor it in part because. 
Uh, that rivalry's never really taken off like I anticipated it would right from the get. Yeah, COVID played a huge role in all of it. Um, this is really, I feel like, the first year where there's kind of stakes involved because the Kraken got good last well, year. Well, you have to monitor all the teams that the Canucks might be in a position to the other compete with in the playoffs, like the, the Winnipeg Canucks, Jets, yeah. uh, the Calgary Flames, the Seattle Kraken. Um, some of you might think the LA Kings, but I think in the division, like I think the Canucks are fighting for a wild card or nothing. I agree. Right? Like it's going to be Edmonton, Vegas, and LA. I think LA is a good, good team. And they might be even better this year with Dubois, despite the fact that they lost a few guys in that trade. Um, but they looked pretty good last night in Winnipeg. They beat the Jets 5 1. And the Edmonton Oilers also got back on track. Yep. Uh, they went down to Nashville after being frustrated by the Vancouver Canucks uh, in the first two games of the season and really blew away the Predators. Yeah, they kicked the tar out of um, They were up early and by a lot, and they ended up beating the Preds 6-1. to one. The Preds, who the Canucks will see on this road trip, dropped to 1-3-0. and oh. mm. And the Preds, I mean, every team is interesting in, in some ways, but Barry Trotz is in charge there. Um, no Johansson, no Duchesne anymore in Nashville. They brought in guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen, and they're trying to, they're trying to change over the culture. Barry Trotz clearly looked at this and went, okay, we need to restock the organization. Now, whether you can say they're tanking, I don't think they're tanking. You wouldn't have gone out and spent the money on free agents if you were truly tanking. Um, but I think they are trying to rechange things. So Nashville is a team that I don't expect to make the playoffs. So maybe that's one more team in the wildcard race, at least, that the Canucks can, can if they play better than they did against Philly, beat out. Laddie, you got the Luke Shen update? Yeah, you just mentioned Luke Shen's name. The team just announcing five minutes ago that he's out four to six weeks, lower body injury. So the hits just keep coming for Nashville. Speaking of injuries, another NHL note from yesterday. What a devastating blow for the Montreal Canadiens. Forward Kirby Doc is going to miss the remainder of the season due to a torn ACL and MCL in his right knee. I don't mean to be ghoulish and make fun of like a serious situation, but the team then added that Doc will need knee surgery, to which I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really? that's probably how that's going to go. Yeah, poor guy, man. Unless you're I, Vancouver I, Canucks and McKayev, I, I guess. But. You know, I think the there was some discussion in Montreal around whether or not the Habs should be spending that. They had that significant draft capital, and they spent it on a player like Kirby Doc. He's a good player, man. 60 games with the Canadians, yeah. 40 points, and he's young. He plays like a heavy, heavy style. Yep. And um, I thought he was really noticeable, for example, in the first game of the season, that Habs-Leafs game. And for them, for, you know, I, I don't think it's as much a blow to the Habs as it is to Kirby Doc himself as I mean, an individual, was... right? When you get hurt and you have this serious an injury so early in the season, and then think of what he's thinking. I've got all this rehab ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play it all this season, mm-hmm. so it's going to be like a year until I play another serious Kirby Doc game. lasted oh. one one period into the season opening game before his ACL and MCL were torn. Two and games. Two games, yeah. He played the first game against Toronto. He got injured against... Oh, sorry, it was the home opener that he yeah, got yeah, hurt right. in. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. He lasted one, one game in the first period of yeah, the yeah. second one. Yeah, yeah that's okay. brutal for him. Yeah it's, yeah, it's awful, right? And I know that we are 
um, in a world where Aaron Rodgers is apparently making the most amazing comeback from a torn Achilles in the history of medicine. <laughs> so maybe the rehab won't be as arduous and grueling for Kirby Doc, but still gonna, losing, still the, gonna suck. losing the year at this stage of your career where you're just on that ascent, you're right. It means way more to Doc than it does to the Habs. Jay from Delta has a text into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Guys, does it look like Kuzmenko will not thrive under Rick Tockett? I barely see him on the ice. It was low. Kuzmenko's, the ice time was low last night. Kuzmenko's got to do better defensively. There was a play when he came back uh, I think it was in the first period, and he was back-checking. It's good that he's back-checking, but he put himself in a position to make a play, and then there was a cross-ice pass, and he just didn't make the play. You know, And this is going to be the thing that Tockett is going to harp on with a guy like Kuzmenko, and there's going to be a discussion about it. There's going to be a, a discussion about whether or not Tockett should be harping so much on Kuzmenko, considering Kuzmenko is one of the best natural goal scorers on the team. Does he necessarily have to play the same way as everyone else does on the team? Um, I think this is going to be a process, and we all knew this was going to be a process with Rick Tockett and Kuzmenko when you go back to last season. You have to ask the question. (laughs) You know, there are certain types of players that coaches just, for whatever reason... They watch the player play, and they're kind of like, if I really want to do what I want to do with this type of team, how does this guy fit into it? Now, it's interesting that Rick Tockett was known as the Phil Kessel whisperer because Phil Kessel is one of those players, right? Imagine you're a coach, and you've got a game plan, and you're like, okay, guys, in order for this game plan to be successful – Everyone has to be on the same page. Phil put the bottle of Coca-Cola down. Yeah, right. Right? You know, like it's 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 What are you it's, whispering to Phil Kessel? Yeah. Dogs. Okay, guys, take the easy Post joke. I mean, God, come on. Sale. Brutal, brutal. This is all very hacky. But do you know what I mean? Like if you if you're a coach that like Rick Tockett right now, he's like, we gotta play a team game, we gotta play a connected game. Cause Mango, you're doing your own thing again. Yeah. And you know, Kessel, I mean I think the styles of play were fundamentally different. Kessel's thing was there was particular things that he wanted to, and more importantly, particular guys that he wanted to play with that Sullivan wouldn't necessarily cave to. I think he always wanted to play with Malkin. Like, why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like to play with Malkin. He seems good at passing. Um, and Tocca would kind of be the guy that would massage the personality side of it as much as the X's and O's and on ice stuff. Yeah. With Kuzmenko... I think there's a few different things here. I should, we should mention that last night in a rather listless affair from everyone, Kuzmenko got his highest ice time of the three games so far. So I don't know what that means. Well, they needed goals. It out there. They needed goals. Right. That's that's why he, he played six or seven minutes in the third, which well, is quite a bit. Also, if Kuzmenko continues to ride shotgun to Petey, he's going to get his. He might not get back to 39. In fact, I've kind of been loudly outspoken on the record that I think regression is, in- is inevitable, whether he plays oh, great or not. Has, right? right. But whether he plays yeah. great or not, whether the effort's there or not, it's just going to be really hard to shoot it at 27% and have 39 goals. But Kuzmenko has a, like, he's got a cherry gig mm-hmm. in the NHL because he gets to be the guy that gets to play with Petey. But do you think there's any, re- there, there, it's any wonder that Petey isn't going to get the the hard matchups? Like he isn't going to get the McDavid assignment because look at his wingers. Right. I right. Mean, Miller's going to get that. Yeah, they could always throw I, I wonder if they're going to switch up the lines. I, well, the, the lotto line got a spin last night. I wonder what the lines are going to look like in Tampa tomorrow. The Canucks, I believe, are going to skate today in Tampa. 
Maybe I'll back skate again. You know what? It didn't work last time, but it might Try work this again. time. Please get your what we learned into the Dunbar Lumber text line. We meet. We need more of them. Uh, Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Bidus in Vancouver. Online at DunbarLumber.com. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.33 on a Wednesday. of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. It is what we learn time. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We have a couple what we learns. Bruff's got one. Laddie's got one. I've got kind of an Ask Us Anything Friday-esque question for Andy as well. Let's begin with Laddie. Laddie, what did you learn? Tell us about how learned you are, Papa Homer. <laughs> well, what we learned is uh, don't go home early from any junior hockey game, especially in the WHL. What? There was a game. So a minute, five seconds left in the game. Brandon Wheat Kings up 4-2 on the Seattle Thunderbirds. Minute five left in the game. Mm. Oh, it's got to be over. What do you think the score ended up, my friends? 11-7. to seven. 6-4 for the Seattle Thunderbirds. They scored four goals in the final 64 seconds, including an empty netter, to win 6-4 to while trailing 4-2 with a minute to go. What was the Brandon coach like? we got to tighten it up. Imagine Rick Tockett's press conference on that one. Could you imagine if there was no empty net goals? He just got so thoroughly ventilated. Yeah, we just kept pressing. Yeah, and we didn't learn our lesson at all. That's hard to do. As the team getting scored on, that's hard to do. Hey, speaking of pulling the goalie, last night, were you guys yelling at Tockett to pull the goalie earlier, or were you kind of had you kind of given up on the game? Nope. Didn't look like anything was going to be happening. Yeah, so, uh, and that was the reason why. But I thought that it could have th- happened even earlier. But I thought Demko was going to be out of there as soon as the Canucks had that power play. Like, yeah. get your six on four, six on four, and I'm like, why? Why is he still in there? Yeah. And then Drance, Drance's theory was kind of like, well. Maybe Taka didn't think the Canucks deserved to have the extra skater out there. And I, I think that's a ploy that coaches use sometimes. Yeah. But Taka kind of shot that down after. Um, he said he just wanted to give the five on four a chance before he put the six out there. I thought they should have done it right away. I don't but- think that a coach should ever utter I don't think our guys deserved a chance to win the yeah, game. Yeah, I've always kind of had a, that's ridiculous an issue. Like in a two-goal game. Um, but at any rate, I don't think that's what he was doing anyway. But I was just, I was kind of, I was, I yelled at the TV like once yesterday. And I was like, that was it. Yeah. They should have had well, him Get out the goalie of, out of get there. Get him out earlier. Get a, get the spark. To get a two-man advantage. Okay, JT Miller. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like, I, I, I actually have a stick that I watch the game with and I, and I smash things around the house. The house is a disaster. <laughs> Mook out. 
Uh, he's got his angry house stick. Yeah. So um, his name is JT. I, I have a I have a what we learned, um, and that is um, if you want to go to a San Jose Sharks game this year, um, you'll need about seven dollars to get into the arena. Yeah. Uh, the Sharks had here was their attendance. We're all talking about Winnipeg's attendance, which was worth talking about. But the Sharks' attendance at SAP Center last night in a 6-3 loss to Carolina, 10,378. That is a forgettable hockey team. Why would you go and watch the Sharks right now? Like, Philip Zanina has two goals. There is something. (laughs) Their fourth leading scorer is named Henry Thrun. 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 Which sounds like a noise you make. Please spell that. T-H-R-U-N. Come on, Thrun! It's run with... In front of it, it's like throw and run together. Do you think it's true? Uh, run DMC. Do you think his right. goal, goal song is running with the devil? <laughs> There's a lot that you could go with here. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And he sings it himself. He's born to thrun. Yeah. <laughs> At any There's rate, another one. The uh, NHL.com's loving these. They're writing, scribbling these down I, I for their headlines. Say, they're like, if only Henry Thrun could <laughs> score a goal, we could use all these puns. Well, it is it is early in the season, so this is the time when we often see some small crowds. Um, just 12,598 in Buffalo. That's because everyone watch. was watching it on the TV. That yeah, was that was ESPN on ESPN. Game. But, the, you know, the Sabres have those seats that are very blue. So you, you, they really stand out on TV. And there are quite a few empty seats in the lower bowl. But before we get too cocky in Vancouver, I'm telling you, th- when the Canucks come back to play St. Louis, expect to see some empty seats. Uh, yeah, it, it, part of it. Go to Ticketmaster right now and see, and go to the map view of the arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the Canucks are angry at this, by the way, me pointing this out, this is just me advertising the, the fact that tickets are still available for the Canucks to, Blues game. What, the what if they win all their remaining road games? Then it'll be, yeah, it'll be it'll packed. Probably, yeah, everyone will snatch up those Blues tickets. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to Jason Bruff, mm-hmm. friend of the Vancouver yeah, Canucks. Yeah, tickets are, <laughs> a lot of people are probably like, well, I won't even bother looking for tickets because they're probably sold out. Well, no, 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 they're not. They're not, actually. So, Mukau, that blatant pandering. A dog. Are you at attention here? Yes. There's an Ask Us Anything Friday-esque question that I want to get out there because it pertains to your favorite, again, not a holiday, it's a holiday. but the holiday of Halloween. Yep, it's a holiday. How soon after spooky season and Halloween, A-Dog, do you start decorating for Christmas? The rule in my household is after American Thanksgiving, or actually on the day. I'm a December 1st person, and even that's pushing it. It feels too early. Mm-hmm. I'm. I just assume. Yeah, you but would you don't be, have a soul. I. I do. <laughs> soul does not necessarily mean leaning into every. Again, not a holiday. It's a holiday. <laughs> um, <laughs> I assume that you would just transition from one. Oh like, God, no! November first is way too early for. I can't think about it that soon. How much more do you like Halloween than Christmas? Oh, it's close. <laughs> do you close. like Halloween more than Christmas? Yes. Wow. Yes. What is wrong with you? There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. This is a conversation that I have with like. The kids, yeah, and they're yeah. like seven and nine, and I'm, and they're, they're, they're kind of like the big two. Yeah, so we actually well, have. Very, this, they are very close. We, it's really like one A one B. They're not at all. They're not. They're <laughs> not at all close. <laughs> Halloween is like you don't. It, there's. It's not even a holiday. It's. It's a night. It's like three hours. Yeah. A night. And Christmas <laughs> what is a, like what a hell of a three hours oh. though. <laughs> <laughs> what a three hours. <laughs> all right, mook out that. <laughs> Did I move out multiple times? No. Jeez. Fire up the dog. What's, what's the what's the if there if Halloween and Christmas are the big two, what's number three for you? Oh, that's a 
That's you tough. love American His Thanksgiving. His yeah, birthday. American Thanksgiving's pretty great. Yeah. What about um, Easter? There's chocolate involved. Easter used I've to be... I've been a big Easter guy. See, Easter yeah. used to be the big two for me. What was the other one? Christmas, well, Christmas, Easter? Christmas and Easter. There's just yeah. big two. There was no. Big Even three. back when I was a kid, I was like, I don't really want to dress up. <laughs> yeah, because again, Halloween is <laughs> seems like a not a holiday. I remember when I was a kid once, I was just like, uh, I'm going to wear my hockey equipment. <laughs> I'm a hockey player. But did they not <laughs> explain to you you'll get free candy out of it? Yeah, like, but I knew I was going to get that anyway, right? The best yeah. one is the kids who come in their school uniform. I'm a student. Yeah, get out of here. Do <laughs> you remember that last year when you went thanks uh, when you went uh, trick or treating and you knew you were probably too old for it? Yep. Like me and my yeah. buddies did trick it. Trick or treat. I, uh, yeah, I think in like grade eight, me and my buddies went around and we were just like, "What are we, what are we doing? This is embarrassing." Yeah, Nobody's yeah, yeah. giving us candy. And why do we keep Somebody doing it? Well, let's just do let's do ten more houses. We'll do this block. Yeah. <laughs> so then we blew up their mailbox with a screecher. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move cow again. So we try and transition out. We go to the dot matrix. Print out some humanoid submissions for what we learned. What we learned is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them online at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! Troy, the retired bread guy. Kudos to you and congratulations and best wishes in retirement there, Troy. Hashtag WWL, what we learned. Uh, Philadelphia Philly shortstop Trey Turner is the god of sliding. <laughs> Both the broadcast and Sports Illustrated were lauding him. So what's the one that went viral was the one when he was a Dodger, right? It's, You're just in love with this story. I love. <laughs> I could watch Trey Turner slide compilations. Mm. It's because you coach sliding in Little League, right? Well, I very satisfying to you to see we, this. Coach is a very, very uh, loose and uh, ambitious term for what mm. I do. I'm just, I, when they ask how do I do it, I'm like slide. Yeah, primarily yeah. put your legs down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Run. See, see how you're. Yeah. See how you're standing right now. Yeah, but don't be standing anymore. Trey Trey Turner uh, has the the infamous one is the pop slide that he did in LA at home where runs he, his hand over the plate. And yeah, he is he is just a smooth smooth individual. I like the slides when they slide in feet first and then use the base to pop themselves up. Yeah, like Turner did that at home. Yeah, so he yeah, didn't yeah. even need the ridge of the base to pop up. He just got right up and then yeah. just one Do you think step. he's got more core strength than us maybe? Possibly. What well, yeah. the best part is when he when he gets up from the slide, he's right into his walk. Like he he takes the slide and then yeah. Yeah. starts walking so immediately. Good. The evolution the evolution of base running with the gear, like the guys that are rocking the double uh, oven mitts now. Like it looks hilarious, right? And I understand why. Like you know, I remember back in the day all Ricky Henderson would jam and Otis Nixon jamming their fingers in the bags, right? It's mm-hmm. so, like I get it, but it's the most comical thing in baseball. The, the double oven mitts is great. I like when they yeah. hit like a double or a triple and it's just flopping in their back pocket, yeah. this giant <laughs> oven mitt that's like slowing them down immensely. They you carry know. so many things. They've got all these cards. and yeah. It's, yeah. They got their phone. Yeah, seriously. At a, at a certain point, some guy's going to have yeah. both phones because yeah. everyone has both. Wallet, Three tins wallet of key chew. phone. Yeah, the key card from the hotel. It's like, damn, I left that at second base. Uh, anyway, let's do some other ones. Here. Uh, Jordan in the Ridge with what we learned. People complaining about Tyler Myers need to realize he's probably the best asset the Canucks have, especially at the deadline. Yeah, I'm not worried about the trade deadline right now. I'm worried about the Canucks being able to put out two pairs. Have we even talked about how he almost injured PD on that slap shot? Uh, and were that to have happened, yeah. it would have been like a perfect cap to probably what was his worst yeah. game as a Just, Canuck. Yeah, yeah. Like as soon as that shot happened, like, oh my God, this is how it's PD's gonna... like, that's it. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Get this guy off the ice. The Myers sombrero he comes. 
covered all the bases oh, last man, night. Man, it was yeah. so brutal. Surrey Ryan with what we learned. The tone Tockett used when describing that Philly game is the same one I use when explaining to my kids why uh, why my kid eats a hot dog in a bun like a sandwich by starting from the middle. We both failed. Yeah, Tockett. Uh, after the Edmonton game, he was, of course, happy. I'm talking about the game in Edmonton. He was, of course, happy with the fact that the team won, but he was quite measured in his comments about how the team played. And we went full house of positivity, and we were talking about, you know, they batten down the hatches, and they're blocking shots, and they're really sacrificing for each other. They knew that the Oilers were going to have the upper hand in that game, but still they found a way to win. Yeah. And that's fine. We were we were positive. We were feeling good. We wanted we we probably wanted to praise the Canucks we're, more we than are, we, we should have. Crafters of narratives, and that's the way that one worked. But I think Taka watched that game, and he was kind of like, eh, "There's some guys that didn't show up." And we all know that during the practice, he had the line of "Earn your ice time." He yelled it to his players. Sure. So. What happened in Philadelphia yesterday, I think, was a culmination of things that Tockett wasn't very happy with. And when they had that performance, outside of Thatcher Demko, he let it be known that he was not very happy with the team. So, they've had one bad performance this season. One, right? Edmonton, was it great in terms of uh, how they carried possession? No, it wasn't great. Did they take too many penalties? Yeah, they did. But they found a way to win. So there were things that were worth praising in the win in Edmonton. And obviously, there are a lot of things worth praising in the 8-1 victory over Edmonton. So how do they respond Thursday in Tampa? And we brought it up earlier in the show, and I think it bears repeating. Tampa Bay will also be looking to respond. Yep. Because they just dropped three straight on the road, and they'll be coming home to face the Canucks. Yeah, they're going to be mad mad. It's, I mean, they have a very high standard in Tampa Bay. That's the thing. Turns out Vasilevsky is pretty important. To Tampa Bay, who would have thought? And Steve Stamkos, and to a lesser degree, Tyler Mott. And they also showed something a little bit in Buffalo yesterday in front of 12,000 fans. Right. When they came back and tied the game late. Now, they ultimately lost in overtime, but maybe that gives them a little momentum heading into Thursday, whereas the Canucks are going to be like, oh, we can't take anything out of that game well, in Philly. Just because Devin Levi let them score. <laughs> oh, yeah. What were you saying? What were you saying? I, Devin I have Levi? the audio clip right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. This yeah, post-game, yeah. Devin Levi. So they, the Lightning tied it with seven seconds left. Okay. And he was asked about it post-game. And this is a guy, he's playing like his 10th NHL game. I love this post-game quote. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> he sounds exactly like a bunch of trumpets. <laughs> That's Here, incredible. How did you do that? We need one of those hand technical difficulty signs right now. Greg with an empty moonshine jug. Like, eh. Go ahead. It's it's not stopping. I don't know why the music isn't stopping. Okay, okay it doesn't matter. You know what? what did he say? What did he say? Uh, you don't oh, even know, do you? Job easy in overtime. Oh, my goodness. This is just a... Just a Awful moment. Here we go. Yeah, they made my job easy in overtime. You know, two two posts, one of them a goal. Um, you know, seven seconds left. Letting in a goal isn't exactly <laughs> ideal, but you got to love the adversity. You know, who wants to win normally? Let's make it interesting. Let's let's give the fans a good time. So um, it was just a great game. You got to love the adversity. That should be a slogan for Canucks fans sure. moving forward. That's hey. what we'll call it. Anytime I get scored on, I just call it adversity. You got to so love I like that the way. adversity. Uh, basketball fill with what we learned in a surprising development. James Harden is not with the Sixers. No he has way. Re- he has returned to Houston and has shown up and participated in one practice this preseason so far as he awaits a trade 
to the Clippers. Yep. There's just going to force his way to L.A. And this is the problem. I wonder if the Sixers... Too much player power in leagues. How happy are the Sixers that the Phillies are doing what they're doing so not everyone is focused on the Sixers and also to the Eagles? Yeah. Right? They're they're probably turning their attention to everything. They're like, look, it's Mexico and Germany playing over there. (laughs) How about those Flyers? Pay attention to them. They're going to be good. Yeah, the, the 76ers are a mess. I, the future of Embiid is going to be very fascinating to watch. I got one here from Donkey. Donkey actually got <laughs> All two. Right. Donker. He got two texts flagged. I'll read this one. Hashtag WW what we learned. What I learned is that goalie interference is a lot like escrow. We know it exists. We just don't know exactly what it is. It's true. <laughs> Especially Halford. I, again, the escrow pile, I think, is the best explanation I can come up with. It's just a pile of escrow money. You, you it takes me back to the old station, one of the best shows I worked with you guys, where you spent an entire segment trying to explain escrow to each other, yeah. and it just kept getting worse. Like mm-hmm. as you explained it, it became more confusing. Right. It was. It was it's wonderful. not that confusing. It's though. a third party pile, so a third party holds it for you, but then they just throw it on the escrow pile. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you got it. See, oh, he gets it now. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's by the way, you're wrong. The best one ever was when Bruff tried to explain the MLS collective bargaining agreement <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tried to explain what targeted money and general money, like TAM and G- yeah, like target, targeted. Target, it's targeted. Like you just yeah. you target that allocation money as a as opposed to like the the general allocation money, just generally spread uh, around. Right? Or the one where he wanted me to play a whole bunch of different movie clips, and I just kept playing clips from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Leaf with what we learned after winning two straight against a cup contender. I hope last night wasn't the Lidstrom shot. That is very funny. Good pull. That is very funny. Oh, that's an old pull. Yeah. How Lachlan, The deflating how Lidstrom how shot. How old is Lachlan? Lachlan's got to be the youngest guy here, in large part because the dogs are so old. He's 26. I'm yeah, there you go. Okay. Do you do you get that reference? Is so that right 20 years ago now? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Dan Cloutier was my first favorite goalie. Wow, no one's ever said that before. That's amazing. <laughs> First I've heard it. That's amazing, <laughs> but that's really good. So you remember this reference. You wouldn't even be that old at the time. Okay. Because, yeah, like, I, you know what? I do wonder, Bruff, at what point some of our old school Canucks references are just going to become so dated because the youths. Well, a lot of them. I know, but, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, how much shelf life do we have? I think you have to worry about your much. Simpsons references before those references going out of style. No, so you can the Simpsons will live on forever in streaming Right, like I don't, I don't, like I don't know if you can watch the '94 Canucks at the drop of a hat. I'm sure there's lots on YouTube, but I don't know if the entire catalog is. There. Uh, this isn't a what we learned, but I wanted to read it anyway. Jordan, the people's Canucks fans, uh, what we learned. My girlfriend is from Brazil. Humble brag. No background in hockey. First season watching the Canucks. Was so excited after the first two games. After last night's game, she said, trade everyone but Demko. It feels great that hockey is back. She's a natural. She's all caught up. She's a natural Canucks fan. (laughs) Been a Canucks fan for years. That's right. Um, I do have to say... That, and I, I, we probably haven't given enough kudos to what Demko actually did last night because oh, Demko was some of the saves he made. Demko was outrageously incredible. good last night, and that is actually more of a piss off than anything because you're like, why are you wasting wasted performance? Yeah, an yeah. amazing performance like that, right? Yeah. You the, can't the, muster anything off the glove save specifically. If you let me just like go, just love go it for off, a second here. King, uh, the, the fact that he was even able Poor to King. get a push to go back in that direction, like how many goalies, like you watch a goalie in the yeah. 90s or whatever do that, they're sliding out of that. He's in the corner before that puck's even in the net. The fact that he was able, at his size, 
down and out to completely stop his momentum and get a glove back in yeah. the other direction. Mm. Unbelievable. Like, he should incredible teach, stuff. He should teach Connor Garland how to do that because yeah. when he was trying to block that point shot on the first goal, he just slid right through <laughs> it. Um, since we're down the goalie nerd That road, might be one of the best saves of the year, by the way. Yeah, the best saves I've seen candidate. in a long time. Uh, did you watch goalie nerd stuff? Did you guys watch Marc-Andre Fleury last night in yes. Montreal? There was a guy that was fired up to play his last game ever in Montreal. I think he should go to Montreal. Who's to say he's going to retire at the end of this year? You know, what's Montreal got to lose? Apparently he had like 9,000 tickets for fan, yeah. friends, fans, sorry, family and friends last night. Does anybody not like Marc-Andre Fleury? He's all, he's the universally likable guy. And he did yeah. a gigantic barrel roll save uh, Pete last DeBoer, night. I think, is the one person <laughs> that's right. a problem. You know what? <laughs> right. No, I changed my answer to Pete DeBoer does not care for him. Uh, Steve from Burnaby, what we learned, an injury to Hronik would be more devastating to our playoff chances than Hughes. Imagining a top four right side of Myers and Juleson is nightmare fuel. I don't know about that, but yeah. If the Canucks get an injury to either Hughes or Horonek, like, yikes. They can't afford uh, really any injury on defense. I know you were talking about the high-end guys, but the blue line is not good enough. Do you think Imagine Ta- if they lose Cole. Do you it's think not, Ta- Yeah, could, uh, they can't afford it. They could barely afford to lose Susie. That caused problems. Do, do, you know, do you know what injury actually really affected the Canucks? Ethan Bear getting hurt at the Worlds. Uh-huh. Yeah. That really threw because a wrench it, into things. Because if you had Ethan Bear out there, I'm sure Hughes and Bears would, Bear would be together, and then you would have Cole and Hronik on the second pair, and you might be able to look and say, we got two pairs that we trust. They barely have a problem on defense. Oh, come on. <sighs> Do you think uh, Talkett will never bag skate them on the road ever again? No. For as I'm long as he's he here? Probably does it today in town. Can we, can, we, can we define what a bag skate was? He's skating them for five minutes. Devils yesterday. Yeah. After crapping all over Timo Meyer. Like, now you will all, yeah, you like, all t- suffer for Timo Meyer's laziness. Yeah, Timo, you didn't play at all in the third period, so you should have plenty of energy. <laughs> all right, the music can only mean one thing. We gotta get out of here for another day, but we will be back tomorrow and then back on Friday as well. But for now, we gotta say farewell. Thank you all for listening yet again. It's been fun. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. He's been Intern Lachlan, and he has been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.